Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 471. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Read our stories at slowflowersjournal.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. As many of you know, I was very active in horticulture circles as a home, garden, and landscaping writer for nearly 20 years before becoming obsessed with flower farming and floral design. During the past 10 years, I've been almost completely immersed in founding, developing, and nurturing the Slow Flowers movement, which has been the most professionally rewarding experience of my life. And yet, I continue to take side trips back into horticulture. I met today's guest, Lisa Fiore, CEO of Landscape Hub, on one of those excursions. We were introduced by a mutual friend, Clint Albin, a nursery industry marketing strategist who, like me, has an extensive personal network of business contacts who become friends. Clint attended the 2018 Slow Flowers Summit in Washington, D.C., where he lives, and since then he has been determined to find a way for us to collaborate as we once did when I was so deeply involved in the horticulture world. Landscape Hub is providing to be that reason for us to collaborate. Clint introduced me to Lisa Fiore, and as I learned what she created with Landscape Hub, I started to understand that there's potential for Slow Flowers members to take advantage of this plant selling platform. Here's the deal. If you're already growing plants for the floral trade, you can potentially use your expertise to also grow plants for the nursery and landscape industry. We announced a pilot program between Slow Flowers and Landscape Hub and promoted it in our August Slow Flowers newsletter. I'm not sure how many people have even checked out the opportunity that I outlined to become a grower and wholesale supplier of potted plants through Landscape Hub. When you hear my conversation with Lisa, I think it will begin to make sense. Hearing from the person who created this new selling platform for live plants versus plants cut for the floral trade may open up your imagination to a new business channel. Before we jump into the conversation, here's a bit more about Lisa Fiore. Lisa is the founder and CEO of Landscape Hub, a B2B online marketplace that she created and launched in July of 2017. A fourth-generation nursery professional, Lisa realized there was an opportunity to digitize the entire procurement process for the green industry. 
Lisa was previously president of Fiore Landscape and Nursery Supply, a century-old nursery company. During her 16-year tenure, she was responsible for identifying new business opportunities and in leading the company forward during the recession. Fiore Landscape and Nursery Supply significantly grew in revenue and expanded to multiple locations under her leadership. Lisa holds a Bachelor's of Arts degree in English Literature from the University of Montana and a Master's of Business Administration from Lake Forest Graduate School of Management. She currently serves on the Board of Directors for the National Association of Landscape Professionals, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. She's an advisor to the Women in Landscape Network, a member of the Economic Club of Chicago, and a former Board Director for the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association. So let's jump right in and get started. You'll want to check out the show notes for today's episode 471 to find an explainer video from Landscape Hub, along with links to more information about this project. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am really thrilled today to introduce Lisa Fiore. She's the founder and CEO of Landscape Hub, and we're here to talk about plants, selling plants, technology, new platforms, and how flower farmers can get involved in this cool enterprise. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Deborah. It's wonderful to be here. Happy Friday. Oh, seriously. Oh my gosh, it's been a long week. Um, you are coming to me virtually because everybody's working virtually now, but Landscape Hub is basically uh, a Midwest operation with Chicago roots, right? Correct. Yep. I, I'm born and raised in the Chicagoland area. Uh, Pre-COVID, we had headquarters uh, downtown Chicago, and, and since COVID hit, we have uh, we are now 100% virtual. Our team is virtual, but but most of the, most of the team is based in Chicago, with about um, a third of the team scattered throughout the East Coast and the Southeast. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to this. In fact, we're doing the interview over Zoom, so um, full disclosure. So I. Uh, met you through uh, another horticulture friend, Clint Alvin. And um, I think a lot of us are looking at new platforms and new technologies for, for what we do in every, in every aspect of, of our floral enterprises. Uh, you mentioned to me that Fiori means flower in Italian. So we, of course, will welcome you anytime with that name. Um, but can you just describe what is Landscape Hub and, and how did it get started? And, and like, who is it serving? It's it's a great name, by the way. So uh, Landscape Hub really was born um, as an idea um, when I was running my family's nursery. So um, I am a fourth-generation nursery owner-operator. Fiori Nursery, that's my family's company, run, uh, started out as a production nursery in Chicago 100 years ago. Uh, 30 years ago, uh, the family pivoted from production and got into re-wholesaling. Re um, and so that's the business that I grew up in. And, um, when I, when I took it over during the recession, I started to, you know, obviously the recession was another pivotal time in our industry. Um, you know, I really was, I was really desperate to find ways and tools and means to run the business more efficiently. Um, and so at that time I started to think about, my gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could have a digital, um, if we had visibility, digital visibility into our supply chain. And so originally was going, Landscape Hub originally was, was, was a software that I wanted to build for my family's company. 
to help us manage our supply chain. Um, and then of course, fast forward, um, it evolved into an industry-wide solution. And so the idea, that's where it came from. Um, and, and so what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a business-to-business platform or website um, where we provide a sales channel to our sellers. Um, and our sellers are made up of greenhouse growers, nursery growers, flower growers, um, even manufacturers of hardline products, um, and even distributors or resellers. And um, the idea was to bring everybody that's a quality supplier in, in the ecosystem to sell their product on Landscape Hub. So it's a sales channel for those suppliers. And it's a, it's a, it's a digital one-stop shop for buyers, okay? Um, the buyers today on Landscape Hub are made up of landscape contractors, designers, architects, home builders, garden centers, municipalities, golf courses, zoos, et cetera. So, so people, who would, people who would normally be going to a wholesale tree and shrub nursery in their community and picking a, a I'm thinking the ones here in Seattle, like picking from a, a you know, great offering, but maybe not, there's something you're looking for that they don't have. Um, now you can go to Landscape Hub and look at like the whole continent or a whole country of options um, from many sellers of that. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. So it's, it's, it's those buyers that would normally be shopping, uh, with a wholesale, uh, supply network. And, and to your point, because we are centralizing or aggregating all the suppliers on a platform and we've standardized the data or the nomenclature, which is really important to know to allow buyers to search in, mm. in his or her nomenclature. So mm-hmm. we can, we can search, uh, we have a nice search functionality, allows buyers to search, you know, in their own language. Um, so it provides the ability to discover new vendors, discover new products and product information, but it also allows buyers and suppliers the ability to uh, work more efficiently. So it's, it's an optimizing platform as well. So, it, you know, if you're a buyer, if you're a commercial contractor, you know, you, you're forced just to buy product for, for a project. You, you have to call vendors, email vendors, look at different product catalogs. It's a painful process for them. And so by having everything digitally accessible on a platform, it saves a tremendous amount of time for them. I can imagine it's like you said, one-stop shopping as a, like almost like a portal of landscape hub serves as the front door to all these other, uh, providers. Correct. Correct. So uh, here we talk about maybe partnering and what what would this look like for C- slow flowers growers, farmers, who, um, who maybe are in the mindset of growing a perishable product, a perishable cut flower product, but they are expert growers. And you're, 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 you and your team have said to me, look, these, why can't these people be grow? you know, why can't these farms be growing rooted, potted plant material? And, and let's, let's talk about that a little bit and how that might look, because we're just, we've just announced it, but we haven't really, uh, you know, actively recruited people. And um, I, I know we've got a lot, there's a lot of steps to get there, but I mean, the general concept makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So again, the, the vision of Landscape Hub is, is to really, you know, improve. Our mission is to improve the lives of everyone in the green industry, everybody. It's a big, massive ecosystem. And, and our goal 
we believe by digitizing, by bringing everybody online, we win. We, the industry gets better. We, the industry, um, you know, has less waste produced in the supply chain. And so, so this is a, we're deeply committed to this mission of, of educating and bringing everybody online. And so with, with your members, you know, who are specializing in, in their, in their own unique categories, you know, we believe, you know, not only will we bring them new buyers, um, and give the give the buyers in our network um, information about who they are. Um, we also give them information and data and insights about what product is available and isn't available in the market to then help them determine what products they should be producing mm. in in the future. So the goal is is you know is we're, our goal is to provide value to both sides. And it doesn't have to be at the cost of one side or the other. You know, we believe by everybody coming on a platform, we believe we just all boats rise. You know, we all win. Right. It's kind of, that's interesting when you talked about just the intel that's available uh, to a small, maybe a small farm that, that maybe is selling some potted plants already to like a grocery store or through a farmer's market. Like they have this skill set to grow um, rooted, you know, planted material, um, like say perennials or something like that. But if you can look at the inventory of what's out there and what's available, you can probably be a little bit entrepreneurial and start seeing where, um, where vacancies are, where opportunities are for varieties not being offered into that wholesale chain of retail nurseries and landscapers. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, 100%. So it's a tool to give them, you know, information and be more informed about the market. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a it's a passive sales channel mm-hmm. to be okay. a part of. It, okay. You know, people don't have to, you know, we do all the heavy lifting. People send us their product offering. We do all the mapping to get them online. I mean, we're really providing the digital on-ramp for, for most of the suppliers to sell online. And there's no upfront cost. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have to invest in getting your information on Landscape Hub, and then you know you have to you know wait for sales to come to you. I mean, it's you can be very passive, so you can publish yourself out there, and you can be as aggressive as you want. You could you can direct buyers to it, or you can just kind of wait until you know new buyers come to you to the platform. And you ultimately, the suppliers ultimately have the opportunity to you know um, participate their full inventories or even a part of their inventories. And it really is, it allows them to dip their toe in the water. And, and just, again, it's a perishable product. That's why it's so important that suppliers in this ecosystem are, are, are open-minded about their sales channels, because, you know, if, if, if a buyer of this type of category goes away for whatever reason, or they they change their, their purchasing trends, you need to have an outlet for this product because it, it's going to go to waste at some right, point. Right. And that's why it's just, it's keeping yourself, you know, open. Well, it's funny that you say perishable product because I'm thinking, no, no, no. Cut flowers are perishable, but potted plants have like a longer lifespan. They're, they're you know, you could go from season to season if you had the ability to keep things groomed and, and alive and, all you know, and inventoried and all of that. So uh, what I hear you saying is there's really... Uh, an opportunity to just uh, partner with Landscape Hub and list your inventory 
and all of that, all that cost is you're, you're, you're taking a few photos, I guess, and uploading them into the, you know, and providing the price list and all. Um, and then maybe some sales will come out of it. Correct. And we do all the marketing. I mean, we, we, we have a sales force. So we have people in the market that are introducing Landscape Hub to garden centers, to commercial buyers, and we're, we're training them on how to use the site. But we also spend, we have marketing spend, we have advertising spend. And, you know, by, by virtue of, you know, Landscape Hub on Google with, with you know, our SEO, um, our SEO uh, position really yeah. allows for people to find us right. just from doing basic search. Wow. And that allows slow, you know, flowers, uh, farmers to really, you know, benefit from being part of our, our group. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, something that I've learned uh, in my own little you know online directory of helping people consumers find farmers and florists. I realize it's tough to compete with Google unless you are willing to in, you know invest in that. So uh, you you obviously have budgeted for some of that uh, SEO whatever keywords and. I don't even understand it. Um, <laughs> here's the thing that I, I want to also talk about, Lisa, that Clint and I uh, uh, spent some time discussing with and with your team. Um, one of the biggest issues for flower farmers that I find is that where they are located um, may be in a different geographic area than where the demand is. And so transportation is uh, continually an issue. And with cut flowers, People who have, want to ship are like forced to spend a lot of money using that kind of FedEx rates. And so, uh, can you talk a little bit about how you help people with distribution and fulfillment? Because I feel like that's the other barrier that the perceived barrier that that we might want to address. Sure. So um, first and foremost, we I want to tell a real quick story. But yes, we we um, aggregate many orders with with um, with different buyers. Okay. So so we're able to often get a buyer product outside of their market because we are grouping their uh, needs with with another buyer. And so freight is is then shared, for example. Um, But it's also getting visibility in finding buyers in your own backyard. This is a true story. So I was at a local local Illinois uh, plant uh, uh, nursery association dinner one night. This is two years ago when we first launched Landscape Hub in Chicago. And um, they invited us to come and meet with the members. And the person that introduced us to the group was, uh, you know, kind of an early, uh, early seller on Landscape Hub. And, and she, we got her live on Landscape Hub. And like three days later, they got an order from a landscaper that was literally like two miles away from them. Landscaper never knew they were there. They never knew the landscaper was there. So, so I mean, people, I think they, 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 they make the assumption that they're known in their market mm. and they know all the buyers and the buyers know all the suppliers in the local market. That is not the case. And so there is opportunity to be discovered in your own backyard. Um, but as it relates to, you know, trying to get your product to regions outside of your area, that's the value of being part of a bigger network right. because we're able to partner your load or your order or your shipment with with another order and and that allows it to you know be done in a more cost effective way. Right. And, and I shouldn't be obsessing about this because that's basically the service you provide. Your your salespeople and uh, uh, kind of logistics people figure that out 
to get Correct. to connect the plants with the buyers. Correct. Oh, that's Correct. so interesting. Wow. Um, can we talk? I, I don't want to. We're going to have a, a online training webinar. I'm not quite sure the platform with some of your team members uh, later in uh, late September or early October. So um, if you're listening to this, check the show notes at deborahprinzing.com because we'll have those details uh, for this episode, uh, which is episode 471, so that you can find out when that is. But it's coming right up. And I think we'll get down into the weeds then. But can you just lightly or generally describe, you know, where, you know, where the costs are for a supplier who wants to join Landscape Hub? So the costs are, are pretty simple. Um, we buyers uh, can anybody buyers and suppliers can sign up for account if they're if they're a verified uh, trade professional. They will have access to the full site and all the pricing and all the the supplier selling. Um, so it's it's free for everybody to to use the site. Um, but suppliers, like I said earlier, there's no cost to sell on Landscape Hub. We only collect a transaction fee when there is an actual sale. Okay, so the transaction fee is really uh, the charge that happens when a sale occurs, right? Correct, correct. And that covers uh, all the, the us handling the back office re- relating to tax collecting and remit- remitting, uh, which is a major convenience for a lot of our, a lot of our smaller suppliers love it that we handle all of that. They don't have to worry about any of that. We charge a flat transaction fee only when there's a sale. Um, and the fee, we're, we're offering a uh, special promotion fee to um, all, the, all, the, all the members of the Slow Flowers Network, um, which I know we'll be uh, communicating out to the network here soon. But uh, yeah, so it's a transaction fee. It's flat. Um, and it's only based on, and on the sale that is made through the okay. platform. Okay, good. So not to get into the weeds, but there is a special incentive for Slow Flowers members to participate through this program because you're going to get a better, uh, more favorable uh, rate than if you just, um, you know, came on your own. So more on that to come. Okay. <laughs> um, can you kind of describe like where where you see the opportunities are for someone who is a uh, or maybe more of an herbaceous grower, because I'm thinking that's maybe what Slow Flowers members are going to be looking at things like um, perennials, um, maybe uh, tr- maybe things like scented geranium or herbs, things that they're growing for their cut flower business, but it could easily be multiplied and scaled to supply the, the nursery industry. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think the timing for the herbaceous product line is just so. Um, it's, there's a lot given COVID given everyone at home, there's been this obvious, uh, resurgence with, uh, you know, home gardening. And, and so I think, uh, garden centers across America are experiencing this, this incredible demand. And, you know, we anticipate that demand to be, to, to stay strong for, you know, for, for the next year or two. Um, and I think it's really interesting to know we are, uh, doing a an integration with Epicor, um, and Epicor is a, a point of sale system that uh, has a um, software for law, uh, garden centers. So about eight thousand garden centers across America use Epicor to run their business, and we're doing an integration with them that brings um, the Mark Landscape Hub Marketplace into their system, and so this is uh, why it's important for Slow Flower members because. 
when you join and sell on Landscape Hub, by virtue of our integration with Epicor, we are we are going to be putting your product directly. Your product catalog will be you know staring in the face of garden center buyers across America, and those garden centers you know are are going to be looking for more sources for herbs, vegetables, um, and other herbaceous products because of the demand is is just so significant. Mm. So being involved with that kind of platform just, again, simplifies the buyer's uh, decision. If it's already front-loaded in there, it's more likely they're going to purchase what's in that database. Correct. It's, it's, it's about speed. Yeah. It's about ease and convenience. I mean, we're basically giving you know, suppliers, buyers, the ability to, to, you know, buy in a modern inconvenient way. So you don't have to pick up the phone or call or email. It's just, it, it's what we do in every other part of our life. It's pretty interesting that you mentioned that Lisa, because I, I think that horticulture and floriculture are kind of late to the game in this front. Now there are still people relying on fax machines and handwritten orders. So uh, in floral, and I'm sure it's the same in horticulture. And you, you're trying to like disrupt that old behavior and make it more, more like a, a, a e-commerce site. Well, and if there's ever a product category that really truly needs this type of outlet, is it's the floriculture and the horticulture. I mean, this is perishable product. You know, if you don't get product to market, it's gonna it's gonna go to waste. And right. And that's, I think, is what's been holding this industry back in many ways from from really thriving. Wow. So I think I think digitization, e-commerce, um, will will really be the will really push this industry to to new heights. Yeah, it's a new opportunity for people in in the slow flowers world who may still be in the analog version of you know selling at a farmer's market or having a CSA, but wanting to grow and not knowing quite how to do that. So I think this is really appealing in that regard. Um, I just have to acknowledge, changing the subject a little bit, that you are a woman CEO in an industry that is pretty male dominated. I, I worked in nurseries in my past. That's how I got into garden writing. It's, it's pretty rare to find, um, find someone at your level in this, in this profession. Can you talk a little bit about how you got to this? I mean, I know it's, you came up through your family business, but you have to have the chops to run, you know, run a business and be CEO of a new startup on top of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, it's the nursery industry and the landscaping industry, it's absolutely male dominated. Um, the tech industry, which is I also now find myself in, is also you know largely male dominated. Absolutely, so it's it's I, I think that's just the world. That's the world we live in, and and you know how we navigate through it. You seem really fearless. You seem very entrepreneurial. You seem like even though you have this family tradition of you know many generations before you, um, you're kind of pushing the envelope as much as you can. And is that just who you are, or you know what what? inspired you to be this radical in a kind of a, a male dominated traditional um, top down industry? Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's uh, part of my personality. I think it's part of who I am. Um, you know, I think I've, I've always been one that has strong conviction about things. Um, you know, when, when there's clarity, what, you know, I, again, you know, in, in when landscape hub was first being conceptualized, it was clear as day what what was going to happen to the industry, 
And there was no, there was no choice. I, I had to, I had to, you know, pursue it. And so I think, um, you know, I, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to push the limits or push the boundaries. I'm simply trying to um, move the industry to the place that I think, mm-hmm. you know, is going to benefit. Honestly, I just think that's what we need to do as a, as an industry. Um, and so it's just, it's kind of who I am and it's just, it's who I am. You're, it's like you identify the pain point and the problem and you look around and think, well, I guess I'm the person to tackle this um, yes. instead of yes. waiting for someone else. And that has nothing to do with gender. So I didn't mean to pin, pinpoint you as like some, uh, you know, example of, uh, you know, a leader that, that we're not seeing in other, among many other women in the profession. So uh, I just think it's interesting that um, you're, you're disrupting in many ways what has been traditional. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, Lisa, too, about your involvement with the uh National Association of Landscape Professionals, because what I've heard is there's some really exciting things that you're doing through just your involvement in that. And I think it'll be an example maybe that will inspire what we're trying to see happen in the floral industry. Yeah, so I um, I uh, am involved I'm at the board level of, the, of NALP. Um, I'm serving my, I'm in my second term and I am so impressed with the organization. Um, they are hands down the largest uh, association for landscape professionals. Okay, and 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 obviously it, it's within the greater landscape industry, so it's very much male dominated. Um, and uh, but it's it's a very uh, we have a new CEO, Britt Wood. He's extremely progressive, and the board is is you know I'm so proud to be part of this board because it's just it's 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 comprised of um, industry leaders that care about the industry, incredibly smart incredibly driven to make make sure NALP is providing value to the members. And, um, you know, it, it was just the year, um, you know, that really it was time for the, you know, for the NALP to really kind of embrace, uh, you know, what role they were going to play in, you know, ushering in diversity and inclusion in the industry. And super proud that the association, um, you know, really, being led by the board and Brit is, is, is really going to be making, uh, you know, um, taking legitimate initiatives to um, make sure diversity inclusion is, is a topic that is talked about yeah. and, and is an initiative that is um, that we're dedicating resources to, because we know there's a labor shortage, there's a talent shortage. Um, the industry for the survival of the association and the industry we need to attract, uh, we need to attract more people yeah, and, and talent yeah, and talent. And to do that, you have to address the elephant in the room. You have to address, you know, l- l- real hurdles that are standing in the way of inviting people in. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we, we kicked off, um, a, an initiative. Um, we, the board is, or the, um, the association is going to be kicking off a, uh, diversity inclusion, inclusion council, which is really going to be spearheading and leading the charge as to like, okay, what can we do as an association to make it better and to really become smarter and more empathetic about, um, what, what is it like to be, you know, someone who's not a white male in right, the industry? Right, right. Right. And, and also probably just helping give people uh, strategies for recruitment and employment and, um, 
and how to manage this topic internally. It's because it's difficult. It's it's, there's just because this industry is white and male dominated doesn't mean it's full of, you know, narrow minded racists or Mm -hmm. that's not it at all. But people are genuinely trying to understand how to become more inclusive. Um, There, I think there's a whole mindset about, I want to become more inclusive. So help me, give me the tools that I can do that. And that's where I'm super excited to see the so NALP really step up to help guide guide the members to that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I looked at some of the statements on the website, and I'll share a link uh, in our notes for people to check it out because it's it's you know you have to be intentional about um, acting on your convictions. You can't just have beliefs but not act. So we're embracing it in Slow Flowers, and so I um, I was inspired to see what you were doing and. Uh, uh, yeah, that's like a volunteer thing that you're doing on top of running Landscape Hub, right? Well, it, it goes back to the, you know, just t- t- talking earlier, like, why why am I doing this? It's it's really like it's it's being action oriented. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, you know, NALP and, 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 I, and I trust that American Hort will follow suit, like all of these, these associations that are, you know, that are really kind of made that are making up the industry have a responsibility to take action. And it's not just about important topics like diversity and inclusion. It's also about technology. Mm-hmm. Like we, we need to, um, if, if, if we recognize that this is the future, well, then we need to be educating ourselves and, and our, and each other on what it, what do we need to do to make sure we are better off in the future. And that's why I, the other passion I have is just adopting technology and, and, and figuring out what tools and innovations that are available in the market that that y- you ought to be looking at to help run your business. Yeah. Because that's the future. Well, we've talked about Landscape Hub being kind of a B2B model, but you have something in your back pocket that is a B2C model that you're developing as well. And, and I think this is also going to be of interest to our, our members because it would also be something that Slow Flowers members could participate in as growers, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, you call it, it's in my back pocket. I call it, it's parked in the garage. <laughs> so, uh, in the, in the height of COVID, um, in the early days of COVID, um, there was a lot of panic in the market and, and there was, uh, some, some community, uh, leaders from the retail garden center community reached out and, and literally asked the question, well, can't we, can't we stand up a platform or a marketplace that allows garden centers to sell immediately on to reach the consumers? And so that really got us thinking about, well, sure, you know, there's, there's, you know, Landscape Hub is designed to sell uh, products to commercial buyers. And we recognize that we could literally reskin it and repurpose it to enable garden centers to sell their product to consumers. And so we have, um, we have basically built a, what we're calling Garden Center Hub, um, not very creative with the name, but no, but, but um, there's some it, commonality there. That's helpful for branding. Yeah, so it's the same platform that uh, it's it's in an MVP state, and uh, we we're not actively promoting it outside of a MVP or like a minimal viable product mm-hmm. yet. But I would say um, in the near future we will be moving more towards a beta test where we'll be bringing a bunch of garden centers in and then really start to bring some consumers in and, and test it out. But the idea is garden centers would sell on Garden Center Hub and we would be the the marketplace or the e-commerce platform that brings in consumers um, on the site. And so a consumer would, you know, come on the site, 
uh, from Philadelphia and they would type in their zip code and we would surface all the local garden centers that are on land uh, that are on garden center hub to that, to that consumer. Uh, so they would then, you know, can shop uh, virtual and uh, submit an order through the site uh, to the respective garden center. And then they could either pick it up or we would facilitate on getting it shipped. Right. And so this is kind of a model that we see happening in like one-offs all over the country where some garden centers have built out a bit of a, you know, a useful website with searchability and all, but very few of them have. So it back to your point about like when everybody comes onto the same platform, even though you're next to you're you're listing your product line next to your competitor's product line, you're still elevating the consumer experience and that's got to benefit everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, people are shopping on their phones now. I mean, it's it, the mobile experience is, is expected by the consumer. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's a, a mindset that people have to, you know, get over or, or work through, which is, oh my gosh, I'm online, you know, I'm, I'm next to my competitors and, and there's ways to differentiate yourself online in a digital way. And you, you can do it, you know, with, with various ways with content, for example. So, you know, I think, I think once people think through it, they realize, well, you know, in many ways they're being you know, compared offline. It's, it's, it's happening online, just like they, it's happening offline. And, and mm-hmm. how do you differentiate yourself? Well, you do it through your brand and, and, and there's, there's, there's tons of ways to communicate your brand essence digitally. Um, so that that's, well, also in an era where some people are still very wary about going out and shopping in person, I feel like it 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 addresses that concern as the you know online shopping experience becomes more essential for certain consumers or people who you know are limited geographically. They they're not going to travel anywhere. So, um, so good luck with that. You think you're going to maybe pull it out of the garage in 2021 or I, you know, um, we have a handful of other really cool, uh, things that we are, um, in the, in the, in the works on. So, um, I, I, it, it's, it's really would be ready to go when, when we're ready to kind of support it. Um, but it's, it's a little bit undecided, but I would say at least for sure in the back half of 2021, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not in the front, the front half, but I, I could see it coming in the second half, especially as, our integration with Epicor really kind of um, takes flight in, in the first half of the of 2021. But from a grower's point of view, a, say a, some, a slow flowers farm, in some ways going through the B2B model is really where you're, like of Landscape Hub, is where you have the potential for volume sales uh, rather than onesie twosies. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, of course, the pricing might be different. You know, there's margins that are different in the trade, but um, it's very similar to what I've heard from people who are selling cut flowers to a large wholesale buyer versus to a small flower shop. So, I mean, you just have to make that, those personal decisions for your business, but it's nice to have this option that I want people to know about. Well, and I think, again, I mean, if, if for no other reason than just to experiment, I mean, every business, whether small or large, they have to think about what's their digital sales strategy. Mm-hmm. You have, we have to be thinking like that. And so we have to educate ourselves on what is that. And I think if for nothing else, experiment, because we don't charge a, a, a fee to join or anything like that, just experiment. 
And, you know, some things that you might see is a higher average order value. You know, a lot of suppliers report back to us that their AOV is higher um, on Landscape Hub than offline. And so it's things like that. It, it, this is a really low risk way or no risk way to experiment with selling online. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Wow. Well, we're going to get our act together and have uh, an online tutorial for members who are interested. Uh, I'm hoping to talk to a couple uh, growers who are already selling uh, through Landscape Hub to just get maybe get a couple case studies that I can yes. share with people. And, yes. um, you know, we're kind of coming to the end of the growing season. So this is sort of a good time for people to maybe plan yes. and maybe get figure out whether this platform is something to participate in and be ready to roll, you know, in the spring of 2021. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're ready when, 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 when you all are ready to, to hop on and, and we can move very, very fast and, and depending on how big your catalog is, it's, you know, we can, we can get suppliers on relatively quickly. So. Great. Well, I think it's a member benefit of being a Soulflowers member that this opportunity is going to give you um, a more affordable way to move product um, than if you weren't a member. So I encourage people to check it out. I'll have the link uh, to um, your uh, introductory video and also some more information at our show notes. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, Lisa. It'll be fun to see if we can move along into the (laughs) next decade. (laughs) Well, again, I thank you. I mean, you're you're the real pioneer. I mean, you you've amassed a, a massive network of of small uh, growers that that play such a huge role in the in the economy and in the in the supply chain. So, you know, you're the real pioneer, and, oh, and we're so excited to to work with you all, and and uh, look forward to look forward to 2021. Okay, thank you so much. This has been a really great conversation, and uh, we'll do it in person sometime. I hope so. Okay. Thanks a lot, Lisa. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Deborah. Thanks so much for joining me today for my conversation with Lisa Fiore. We know that now, more than ever, our members are seeking new customer channels during the COVID-19 pandemic. I believe that one of those perhaps overlooked or ignored opportunities is to use your farming skills to sell plants, including potted and bare root plants, into the nursery marketplace to both trade and retail buyers. You know how to grow plants, there is no doubt, but have you explored selling plants? I know that some of our members are growing and marketing, cutting garden annuals and perennials, vegetable starts, bulb packs, and other horticultural products to their customers. Those customers may find you through a grocery store program, farmer's market, on-farm or pop-up plant sales, or through your own retail channel. As Lisa and I discussed, Landscape Hub offers you a potential new channel to sell on this nationwide platform, which supplies commercial nurseries and landscapers. Landscape Hub is expanding its online marketplace for the nursery and green industry growers, and you're invited to participate. So stay tuned for an upcoming session when I'll host Landscape Hub's team to discuss and demonstrate the platform on a Zoom meeting. I'll announce a date next week. 
Our next sponsor thanks goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Before we wrap up, I want to invite you to join the Fire Relief for Flower Farms effort. During the past 10 days, I'm sure you've watched the horrifying images and read devastating reports about wildfires threatening farmland across the West. This is not the first climate crisis to affect Slow Flowers community members in the past few years. Season by season, it seems as if every farm is faced with one of these. Floods, hailstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes, and wildfires are on the rise seemingly everywhere. But I can't help but focus right now on what's happening in the West, where I live, from provinces like British Columbia and Alberta in Canada to states including Washington, Oregon, and California in the U.S. It's so frightening on top of everything else that 2020 has thrown our way. Seeing individual Slow Flowers members' social media posts also makes it highly personal. Like me, you may be asking, what can I do? We are an action-oriented community, right? Farmers and florists are generous people who readily share their knowledge and resources. So here's one thing you can do in response to news about the recent wildfire threat to farms in the West. Join Slow Flowers as we support the Fire Relief for Flower Farms effort. This is a farmer-to-farmer show of support created by last week's podcast guest, Tonnelly Gruder of Salty Acres Farm. With her big heart, tech talents, and savvy marketing skills, Tonnelly has created a database for collecting information from those of us who want to share support on an in-kind basis. Just days ago, she texted me with an idea saying, is there a way we could make a registry or exchange to donate tubers, bulbs, seeds, etc. in response to farms who may have lost it all? Tonley continued, flower farmers have already had the toughest year with no money left to give, but maybe we can help others rebuild in other ways. While it may be weeks or months before the destruction, damage, or loss has been truly calculated, now might be the time to assess what you have to share with another farm. Seeds can be collected, tubers, rhizomes, and bulbs can be dug and divided, cuttings can be taken, or maybe you have an excess inventory of drip irrigation or useful supplies you know another farm might be able to use. Tonley has volunteered to collect input from those who wish to receive help, register to donate, and show support in other ways. I'll have a link to those forms in today's show notes for you to respond, and thank you in advance. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 642,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. 
Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens. That's longfield-gardens.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.